Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome, everybody, for another podcast episode. My name is Brandon Laws, and my guest today is Sherry Karedich of Sunstone. She is the Human Resources Manager. They have about 140 employees located in Molina, which is about southeast of Portland, about 30 miles. Sherry, welcome to the program. Hi, Brandon. It's nice to be here. Sherry, today our conversation is going to be about wellness programs. I know you guys have done quite a bit with wellness programs. And uh, for one, I, I wanted to figure out what was the original need that you had with the wellness program? Was it was it really health-related or was it culture-related or maybe something else altogether? It was really a combination of both of those. Gosh, probably going back about oh, eight years, we started having little on-site biggest loser competitions and five-day fruit and vegetable challenges and the employees are really receptive to it and as time went on and each year we do an annual insurance renewal you know for our premiums and it uh, we often carried two plans the Kaiser and the Providence and what we were finding is our utilization and uh, was climbing and climbing year after year um, our premiums were going up but we were seeing a lot of activity, not only in just medical claims, but in the prescription side, too. And usually that's a real indicator that things aren't going in the right direction. So it was obvious to us that our workforce was experiencing some health challenges, and we were trying to get creative in ways that we could really engage them in, in becoming healthier. I'm kind of actually curious, before you started focusing on the on the wellness activities and those sort of things, you obviously saw the increase of exposure um, or the, the utilization of, of, of health, uh, doctor's visits, you name it. So I'm wondering, did you find a way to, to get the carriers to, to link the wellness program to maybe a premium reduction or were you hoping for some sort of organic change in just the overall health of the workforce? Well, I mean, we have... In our renewals, once we did more formal wellness um, initiative, we have gone back at renewal time and, and, you know, showed them what we have done, what we're doing, what results we have experienced in hopes that that would help offset some of the larger um, premium increases. But more than that, I think it's, it has really influenced um, the culture. And it's just you hear a lot of conversations, people are engaged, they're, you know, it's competitive events, and it's been a lot of fun. It's beautiful when you get a chance to get people engaged and actually see the success of it from yourself. But I imagine it wasn't like that in the beginning. So how did you originally start the program? Uh, did you start it? Did you have a team, a committee? Just kind of maybe give the people listening uh, some insight as to how you even started in the first place. We had talked about what we could do, more activities. And in a conversation with actually our representative there at Zenium, uh, Kim O'Donnell, she had um, met um, Benjamin and Catalyst, a company called Catalyst. And Ben Ben came out, met with um, myself, 
and Rocky Cat, the COO, and talked about their program and what they could offer and how we might be able to en- engage the employees and move in a direction of, of better health. So really, um, the decision and the brainstorming and that started uh, with Rocky Catalyst and, and Kim over there at Zenium, really, and together we formulated a program that has continued to evolve. We actually ended up partnering with Catalyst, and they've been with us over the past three years, uh, bringing in you know, health coaches. It was a long decision in the making, though. We, we almost started in 2011, but actually come 2012 made the commitment to implement um, a more form, formal wellness program. So, And what does that full wellness program look like? Is it is it a string of activities throughout the year, um, or maybe is it at, at an individual level unique, or, you know, how to maybe kind of give kind of an overview of as to how that works? So, you know, we have the biometrics, the health risk assessments um, that we launch out, you know, so we can do the year-to-year um, comparison to make sure that, you know, we are seeing some results and the program is being successful. And in your mind, what is what is success? Is it everybody participating? Is it uh, a decreased risk for something? And, or, the or something success else? for Sunset is actually seeing individuals, you know, take charge of their life in a healthier way. And we've seen, we have testimony after testimony here where people have done that. And I think for the owners, and they're very committed. And, and seeing that, it just lets them know that, that their investment in the employees in this capacity has, has been well worth it. That's great. So what are some of the wellness programs that you've done? You, you said Biggest Loser. Maybe talk about that a little bit and, and some of the other programs that you've uh, implemented. The five-day fruit and vegetable challenge, and we'll do that for four or five weeks. We've done the Rethink Your Drink, which was a educational challenge. It was uh, more individual, just trying, and there was actually tests that you would take about your knowledge about, you know, what items contained a lot of sugar around drink, things we drink, you know, and there were a lot of surprises from the Gatorades to even their chocolate milk, you know, things that you would think didn't have a lot of sugar but were actually loaded with sugar. So that was a lot of fun. We did that one this year. We do around the holidays. We call it a maintain, don't gain. We've had a company-wide walking trail challenges. We have a nice walking trail on the premises that gives us a huge advantage there. We also brought in uh, the past year we did wellness seminars through Cascade Center's EAP. We had them come in with a variety of topics, not just around um, nutrition or physical activity, but, you know, along mental health, getting proper sleep, financial. You know, it's all a wellness package. It isn't always just about the activities. We have had... Portland to Coast, Hood to Coast, Ragnar Relays, Summer Solstice, Warrior Dash. We, we do sponsor a lot of those events and try and get employees out and about in that capacity as well. Now, with with all the activities that you're doing, it sounds like a pretty robust program. I'm curious if you're allowing employees to do it on work time or if, if there is a certain level of wellness that they need to do outside of work, and, and how do you account for that as an, as an HR person? We do. We partnered with Catalyst, and we do have um, health coaches that come out. They're here a couple times a week, and they'll meet with the employees for about uh, 20 minutes. So not everybody meets monthly, but that is we do put that on the clock. 
so the, the employees don't have to punch out or anything. It's an investment that Sunstone has made, allowing those employees to meet with the coaches. And they're, you know, during session, they uh, could be talking about anything from nutrition to fitness to financial, and the health coaches help connect them with resources out there in the community or through their medical insurance through our EAP Cascade Centers and helping them um, find what they're needing. I found that a lot of companies, when they start a wellness program, they build a plan, they implement it, and then they just kind of let it go and, and hope for the best. But it sounds like now that you have a you have the coaches and you implement that, it sounds like there's probably a deeper level of engagement than, than it would be otherwise if you didn't have the coaches. And so from your perspective, how have the coaches played a role, and do you think it has created a successful program? I think it has. They build rapport and connection and, you know, a trust with, with the health coach. Now, we we incentivized um, our participation, though. That's one thing I probably could have mentioned sooner, is it's linked to our medical premium. So if you can opt in or opt out. So if you opt in, uh, Sunstone will pay 100% of your medical premium for the employee if you opt out, then you would pay a percentage. I think currently this year, if you opt out, you pay $75 a month for your medical insurance. It's still very generous. <laughs> we have a, um, we call it the bingo game. So there's um, there's like 24 squares on our bingo game, and there's a variety of, um, you have to complete eight of those squares in a 12-month period. And there, I don't have a copy of one here with us, but... Um, you know, it's things from volunteering, giving blood, taking a class, doing a competitive event. Uh, there's just there's numerous things on there that that qualify, and we ask employees to complete two of those uh, a quarter as well. And then if you end up doing more than you need to, you, your name goes in a drawing. So we have really incentivized the program in, in a variety of ways because not one one thing fits all. When you look at the course of the whole program, what do you say? What would you say your biggest successes would be? Is it you know? If I don't know if you're measuring at a when you're saying you're doing the biometric screenings or just participation, um, you know, what would you say is your biggest success? Uh, that we have grown our the wellness uh, membership or the amount of we have like eighty five percent participation uh, currently, and it has grown each year. Uh, we have had. I think the biggest successes are those. We had an employee who took first place this year with American Heart Association for the Lifestyle Change Award in in Portland. And he was one who has has really driven, you know, employees. It's one thing for leadership and managers to get up there and talk about the program, but when it's uh, a person out on the floor that a lot of the employees can relate to, and trust, you know, they made it real clear that they only signed up for the $50. The first year it was a $50 a month that you would have to pay if you opted out. And this person has, has made major changes. So, I, you know, there's been a lot of those successes throughout, but this one individual um, really stands out. And what about the, the failures? Would you do anything different? Maybe there hasn't been any failures? <laughs> We have had a few people that opted in to the program and then for a variety of reasons have opted out. And, you know, every year I I go back out there and talk to them one-on-one, and we've had a few that have come over and gone ahead and given it a try. 
and found that, you know, there's a lot of good things that they could walk away with. And they they, they stay uh, as an opt-in. So just keep having the conversation. And, you know, the thought is, you know, healthy people are usually happier. They're not going to miss as much work. They're usually funner to be around. So that's the goal. Do you find that some of your employees get really excited about wellness? And you mentioned that some have made life-altering changes and I'm curious if, if that's kind of an overall sentiment within the, the group of employees that they're really excited about wellness and, and making a change in their life. Yes, there is. And we really try to, with our through our wellness committee, um, utilize those employees as cheerleaders for the program and, you know, put them in charge of things or give them things to do that can help inspire and create excitement throughout. I mean, there's some out there, they're doing what they need to do and keep that incentive happening but in the the meantime they're becoming educated and that's really what it's about making better choices for ourselves has the wellness program organically changed Uh, and what i mean by that is so your committee would create the plan they would develop programs uh, launch programs at different times but because of the excitement and engagement from employees have they come to you and said hey we want to do this or let's we got a group together we want to do this could it get credit towards something within the program? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, there is a bingo square if you come come through with a wellness idea. Just having the idea, you can get a bingo square, but then if it's implemented, there you can get another one. You know, if we actually use it, we're all the time. We we do a survey each year and look for ideas. In fact, we just rolled that one out. I just sent out that, that paperwork this uh, late last week and this this week today actually to get feedback. What is it you want this program to look like? What's going to help you stay engaged? Where do you see yourself needing some assistance? So we really want it to be meaningful and inspire people in a fun a fun and meaningful way as well. People listening are probably thinking, okay, I don't have a wellness program, or maybe I do, uh, but I don't have a big budget or I have X amount of dollars to do something like this. Did you find yourself in a position to say, I have this much money to spend on a wellness budget uh, or a wellness program and, you know, kind of work within that? Or did you say, this is something totally new um, and we're going to test it out? Or, you know, what was the thought process like and, and kind of where do you sit today as far as budget? Yes, we, it, it has evolved. I mean, we had a number in mind and we do incentivize a lot of uh, the events, but you can do that in a, a lot of different ways, whether it's just recognition or through, uh, you know, a, a gift card or a, an afternoon off or, you know, there are ways to do it without it being uh, too costly. However, we, Sunstone does throw some, some, some decent dollars at it, you know, when we talk about all these events we're doing and getting people engaged and the health coaches the hope is that people will become healthier. We will see less utilization through the medical costs and the prescription costs. We, you know, there have been people who've shared with us they no longer take their high blood pressure medicine, you know, or their their heart medicine, things like this. So, you know, it, I, I do believe that there is a return on the investment, whether it's through the attendance. Some of it's softer and it's harder to um, quantify, but yes. I am totally with you. I come from the marketing world and it's funny because a lot of times you're like, okay, we want to throw X amount of dollars at something, but there's no way you're going to see a return on investment immediately. In most cases, that to be true. 
uh, I've I've sat on a wellness committee at, at our company Zenium, and kind of the same thing. It's like it's uh, if there's any ROI, it's probably going to be a tail to it, whether it means two years from now or three years, and only time will tell if there's truly a, a change within the group. I don't know how long your program's been in place, maybe a couple of years, but have you? I mean, just in general terms, have you seen um, a return on investment at this point? Well, I think more. Uh, Brandon, it's the culture, really. It's what we're investing. It's creating a, a culture where people have a sense of belonging. They recognize that the the owners do care about their well-being. I mean, the, uh, the partners put in a walking trail, a fitness gym. I mean, all with really, really nice equipment. And I mean, it's very genuine. So I think the return and that in in return gives us employees who are engaged. They're more committed. They you know, feel like they're really a part of something. As far as, you know, our medical premiums, we haven't seen like a, a flat renewal or anything like this. We have seen some that are, you know, single digits, which we're always really happy about because there was a time when it was looking pretty scary. You know, and with those medical renewals, you know, if we were to just base it on that, um, you know, that was at the beginning part of the conversation was our hope was to help keep the medical. Yeah, it, it's funny with medic, with medical premiums, if the market is doing 25% increase year over year and you're doing 5%, to me that almost right. seems like an ROI because what if you are going to be at the same rate of the market? So it's hard to look past those, those increases, uh-huh. but I, we- to me that's how I look at it. Yes, and we, we have came in lower. The, the, the increases, you know, sometimes it can just be one claim, too, you know. So, I mean, it could be any one of us any day with something really awful can happen. It isn't because we're not taking care of ourselves. It's just, you know, unfortunate. And that one claim, I mean, if you look at our overall claim history, it really comes down to like three claims where some really, you know, unfortunate things occurred that drive that premium. I mean, even though the insurance companies know this and they can see it, it's still the bottom line is the utilization. So whether it's one person, two person, or 10, you know, so it's challenging. But I think for us, the return is the commitment and what we're seeing with the the health of the employees. Absolutely. And it's like doing right by them. It's just, it's the right thing to do. And to your point earlier, culture, it's really Mm -hmm. what it's all about is if you can make a lasting impasse impact on the culture, then it's going to make all the difference in the, in the world. And I think it's going to affect a lot of different things besides just uh, the health and wellness of your employees. So where do you, where do you see wellness going in your organization or even for other companies? Where do you, where do you see it going altogether? Well, you know, our last um, couple of years and this year as well, it's been most, mostly focused on activities. And there's a lot of conversations out there, um, you know, as our program grows or others about becoming more outcome-based model and moving, um, which is where you take those five key metrics, um, the, the BMI, I'm trying to think what all five of those are, your LDL, cholesterol, and your glucose, the things the biometrics checks for. And you can actually do an outcomes-based and, you know, you need to be in, within a certain range and we're just starting to, as Sunstone, starting to look at, because um, you know, we're testing all those factors, if an employee can either maintain or improve, that to us that's a, that's a success, not so much that they have to be in that green zone or, you know, something like this, because we don't want people going and doing things that would be unhealthy just to get their 
waist circumference at a certain size, let's say. But if they're able to maintain, um, to us, that's a success. They're at least not going in the wrong direction. But I think, you know, going, um, looking to move maybe to uh, tobacco-free, you know, in the year 2016, this is something we're currently looking at as well. We haven't made that step. We do have a tobacco policy. It's limited where you can use it. But I think as organizations start taking a look at this, I mean, there are a lot of statistics out there about the, the harm, harmfulness of tobacco use and how it drives up uh, health issues for others and then, of course, affecting the medical premiums. I can't really say for other companies, but, you know, one thing I would put out there to anyone listening today is I think it would be fine if there's a company out there who has wellness perhaps do a challenge for um, with another company like we can walk more miles than you in yeah. a certain amount of time that's, and that's kind of get some companies going back and forth with some friendly challenges could be because um, I know our, our company challenges uh, the, the walking challenge that we put out there where we're all going for miles together was really well received and it could be pretty competitive if we challenged another company I think that's a great idea and I think though like what the challenges that I've ever seen in the wellness program, it's, it comes down to technology and the tracking and, and those sort of resources yeah. that you have. And I, I, I see something like that for, for a competition between other companies. You need some sort of technology platform where you can track together and it's all aggregated. So maybe some company will come out with that if, if they haven't already uh, to, to help companies like us help compete us against each that. other. Yeah. <laughs> So for for anybody listening today, because there's a lot of a lot of folks that are that are just like you, HR managers um, that are listening, that probably need some advice on how to get started. So think back to when you started this program. What would you tell somebody in your shoes? You know, start small and um, just really communicate the reasons behind it. I think that really saved us. We um, at our company meetings, we started talking about it like we are going to roll it out um, in January, I think it was 2012. So um, 2011, we were really, um, come September, started talking about we're moving in this direction, we don't know what it's going to look like, and this is why, and really just putting it out there. And there was some, you know, definitely some hesitation, some um conversations that had to occur. We got leadership, of course, rolled it out with them first and asked for all their questions to make sure we could just all be more of a unified front and make sure the message was clear and that we were clear on what the message is because there's nothing worse than trying to roll something out if those that have to explain it aren't, aren't understanding it. So just be patient with it and be really clear on your intent as to why you're doing it. And be, and be genuine about that when you communicate it. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's really all about the, the purpose statement and really communicating that to the employees. I, I totally agree with you on that. Well, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Any resources that you can think of that listeners might enjoy, whether it's uh, any blog posts or companies that have great resources? You mentioned Catalyst, uh, another Portland Portland-based business, they provide some great resources, but anything else that you've run across that would be helpful? You know, I, the internet, just, there's just so much information out there, and just talking with other companies that um, we just went through the what Oregon Healthiest, Portland Business Journal's um, Oregon Healthiest Employers, and there's a lot of companies out there doing a lot of great things, and just pick up the phone and give their HR, whoever's in charge, out a call. 
I've, I've done several of those um, myself and just helped, you know, other companies uh, with ideas and sharing how we, we rolled it out. So there's a lot of information out there. Our guest today has been Sherry Karedich, Human Resources Manager at Sunstone Circuits. Sherry, thanks for being part of the podcast. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Brad. It was fun. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.